Hey girlfriend, I'm Samantha. If you're ready to beat burnout, find freedom, and explore what it looks like to live exponentially, you've come to the right place. I'm an Enneagram 2, a projector, and a get-it-done gal who decided that living life by the norm just wasn't working for me anymore. I started a membership back in 2018, and it grew a whole lot bigger and faster than I ever imagined. Then my students started asking me for help in building out their own memberships. By 2020, I became a membership mentor full-time, and soon after, I retired my husband from his career, and we hit the road to become digital nomads in our motorhome. Here, I'll share stories of my students, what it can look like to live exponentially, and how to make it happen. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Exponential Life podcast. I am so excited today because I have my friend Megan Garwood on the line with us, and she's coming to us from Tennessee, and you're going to hear her super cute accent and all of the wonderful knowledge that she possesses. Um, She is literally a powerhouse full of information on the technology side of membership. So the way that we got connected actually was through Instagram. Um, You know, we're always trying to network and make friends in the industry and um, get to know each other. And Megan specifically works with membership owners who need custom websites. So she is going to kind of walk us through how to know if you need a custom website for a membership. there's kind of that tipping point, right? When you start out, do you, do you go with like a pre-designed app and just kind of plug and play, or should you go with something more on the custom side? Um, so before we dive in, Megan, if you can introduce yourself to the crowd, um, I would love for you to share a little bit more about your background, kind of where you're from, a little bit about your personal life and how you got to this place. Sure. So I'm Megan. It's nice to, uh, meet (laughs) y'all and I am a membership and e-commerce web developer um I have been in the online business space since 2016 actually so I'm kind of a a, an old head I guess you could say (laughs) both of us we have the we have a similar start date we're Mm -hmm. we're around here now you know it's kind of funny because it's like this whole new wave of entrepreneurs came in in 2020 and I think we were talking about this during our coffee chat but um I, I look at those people and I'm like, you're a baby. You're still a baby entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, anyway. Yes. Um, so I started out doing web development as a subcontractor for designers. And I did that for several years. Um, and during that time, I ended up doing a few membership sites. And I found that I really like developing those and I can provide a lot of value to those business owners because um, if they're ready for a custom website, uh, there are just a lot of things that we can do, a lot of like cool interactivity and functionality that we can add for their businesses. And um, I just, I really enjoy it and I'm having a lot of fun being a membership developer now. It's so cool because I think you're the only person I've ever met who specifically makes websites for memberships. Um, I have a lot of friends who are in the website creation space, but you know, most of them are, they only work with one style, like they either work with WordPress mm-hmm. or they work with show it or, you know, whatever it is. And they do, you know, more general websites or e-commerce, mm-hmm. right? right? I've never met someone besides Megan who specifically specializes in memberships. And I was like, okay, I've got to have her on the podcast. So 
before you got into business, what were you doing in your life? Um, well, actually in middle school, I started <laughs> um, teaching myself how to learn development with HTML and CSS. So like my, my love of development has been very long-term <laughs> um, and I, I kind of knew in high school, I guess, when I found out you could like actually build websites and get paid for it, I was like, yes, that's what I'm going to do with my life. <laughs> that's awesome. You know, yeah. I think all of us uh, millennials can kind of say like, oh, hey, we have HTML'd it up at some point because yep. <laughs> at our MySpace pages, were you, you were part of the MySpace generation. I'm oh assuming. yeah. Mm -hmm. yes. Wait, were you one of those girls though, who was like selling the templates? Do you remember those girls? I do. I was not. I was more um, nerdy. So <laughs> most of my <laughs> development was for online games. Oh, that's, that's where cool. I got my start. Mm -hmm. That's cool. I just remember these girls would sell these templates online and it was like such an early, like cool freaking online business right? venture because um, there really was no uh, infrastructure for them to do this. They had to build their websites on their own. There was no Squarespace or, you know, um, Shopify or anything like that for mm -hmm. checkout systems like that. Um, so they were building these websites from scratch, building the code to make these cute MySpace backgrounds and either giving them for free or, you know, charging for them mm -hmm. and so freaking smart. And I always was like, Oh, I would love to, you know, figure out how to do that but I pretty much was like oh I can do like underline strike through <laughs> <laughs> your basic tags <laughs> I can figure out basic stuff you know mm -hmm. changing colors of backgrounds and stuff like that but outside of that I really was not super duper talented um but I think that was totally like a millennial thing right it was yes HTML. Um, now a lot of us had different levels of it, but I think mm -hmm. most of us had a basic understanding of HTML and that's something that would absolutely make Gen Z go crazy now. Like even just like <laughs> T9 texting, like trying to explain T9 texting to a, to a Gen Z is hilarious. Cause they're like, you did what? How many oh, times? Right. <laughs> what? You didn't have full conversations. I was just thinking the other day how our text messages were singular. Like they weren't these full conversations now where we can go back and read the history. Like it was such a pain in the butt to read the last text to remind you what this text was about kind of thing. And it's like, wow. Oh man. a lot harder before. <laughs> I don't even remember that. You don't? Uh-uh. Maybe I didn't start texting until later. We texted. So uh, my husband and I started dating when we were 15. And mm -hmm. I remember the day he got unlimited texting and I was so <laughs> I remember when text used to cost 10 cents a piece. <laughs> we paid for a text 10 cents a piece. Mm -hmm. um, and we talked on the phone nights and weekends, right? Like, right. And to explain that to people too is really hilarious. It's like, wait, why were, first of all, why were you even talking on the phone? Second of all, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> second of all you paid per text. Like, could you imagine our bills nowadays? Mm -hmm. um, but, but yeah, I think the majority of our talking was done on like instant messenger at the time. And oh yeah, AOL. Mm -hmm. AOL. And then a lot of people also use MSN. Yeah. Yep. I moved in ninth grade. And so all my middle school friends and early high school friends used AIM, AOL instant messenger. 
And my new friends where I lived in Washington used MSN. So I had to like straddle both of those. And yeah. <laughs> that was there used to be some kind of like software that combined them all into one. That's what I used, but I can't remember what it was. You would know that. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> so you got your start in middle school. I love that. And you yes. you've been a web development um junkie ever since. Mm-hmm. So did you take a break when you had your kids or well I did. Um I was in college. It took me, I think, five years to finish my degree, and it's in multimedia design and development. Um, And then I was actually living in Europe at the time. Um, My ex-husband was active duty military, and I couldn't get a work visa. So this is part of the reason why I'm even in online business to begin with. (laughs) So it, it took me a few months to kind of have the idea of maybe I could freelance online. So I had a little gap there between graduating college and starting my business. And in that gap, I had my first child, my son. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was like a stay-at-home mom to a 10-month-old whenever I started my business, Mm -hmm. (laughs) living in the Netherlands. Okay. That's very adventurous. Mm Mm-hmm. So from there, and you have two kiddos? Yes, I have a daughter also. She's four and my son is seven. And you live now in Tennessee? Yes, I'm from this area originally. I moved off with my ex when we were married for about eight years. I lived on a whole bunch of different places. Um, wow. But then I came back home to be with family. Awesome. So you run your business from home, from Tennessee, and mm-hmm. you've got your kiddos. And so at what point did you switch from this early level online business to kind of where you're at now how did that evolve was it Um, networking and stuff like you were just kind of referred up the ranks right yeah um the vast majority of my business comes from referrals um (laughs) and i guess it was i don't remember if it was 2020 or 2021 i think it was the end of 2020 i had been working with more memberships and e-commerce businesses and i was like you know what I really like working with these people. Let me um, consider making a pivot from being a developer strictly for designers into this membership space. Yeah. So what is it specifically about memberships and the membership space that makes it more exciting for you than just run-of-the-mill websites? Um, It's a lot more complex on the development side. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more that you can do. Um, I love a good challenge. Mm-hmm. And I love to learn. So those two things <laughs> go really well with membership site development because there's always something new that you want to do, a new feature, um, like ways to retain members, like um, the automation type stuff. Yeah, yeah, just all mm-hmm. that. There's so much to learn and do from mm-hmm. the development standpoint, and I I really enjoy all that. And is there a platform that you prefer to work with? Not necessarily. I will say that I do a whole lot of work with WordPress just because that's what a lot of my clients have when they come to me, but I can work with pretty much anything since I have that background in like education and development in general. Mm -hmm. So most businesses don't technically need a custom website. 
especially when they're first starting out. But I want to kind of walk through how to differentiate. Like, how would you know if you're ready for a custom membership site? And is this something that you have ever helped people like transition into? Or is it always something that is done at the inception of the membership? Oh, okay. So I love this topic. <laughs> this is something that I talk about personally um, <clears throat> a lot. And I've done a whole email series on this before. So I got lots to say here. <laughs> so I definitely agree. Most businesses do not need a custom website, especially when you're first starting out. So it's not always at the inception of the membership whenever we do the custom website. Um, I personally am a big fan of MVP, DIY, bootstrapping your business to start with. Um, a custom website is a great investment for businesses who are ready for one, mm -hmm. but that investment is a pretty large one. Yeah. And in general, in the beginning of your business, there are going to be more impactful places to spend that kind of money mm -hmm. when your membership's brand new. And allowing yourself the time to make the money yes. and not doing this big investment up front. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we were discussing, okay, it's, it is quite a huge discrepancy between what the, the done for you, like already created sites are. It's like, you know, somewhere between 30 and 200 a month is where your starting price is. What could people expect? Like what's a range typically that people could expect to spend if they're doing a custom website? Um, well, it greatly depends on the features right. uh, and the scope of the project. <laughs> My answer to that generally is it depends. What would you say is like the lowest, the average and the high? Um, well, the lowest would be just doing a few intensive days to like, mm -hmm add a little bit of extra flair to what you've done on your own. Mm -hmm. And so that runs currently 1500 a day. So just based on how many additions, how many little extra sparkles you want on your <laughs> DIY sites. Um, and it goes all the way up to, you know, it could be a hundred thousand plus just right. for like a year long plus development process. Right. And you have created some membership sites for some pretty heavy hitters. And so um, a lot of these people are people who have very large audiences, right? You know, they're expecting a large number of people to join right away. They're expecting immediate profit. And mm -hmm. <clears throat> if this is something that you're just dipping your toe into, I would recommend that you don't spend a ton of money on the development side when you can use something that's already been developed for you. However, exactly. it doesn't mean that in the future, you won't want to switch over to something that's completely custom and owned by you because mm -hmm. we've talked about real estate on the internet and we want to own as much real estate on the internet as we can. Um, and having control over our site, there's definitely perks to that, you know, 100%. The income to support that. Mm -hmm. um, so I do agree. Custom website is a wonderful investment, but for those who are ready for one. Exactly. Um, as far as the exceptions to the rule, what are mm -hmm. those? <laughs> well, there are a few. So if you're somebody with a really established business and you have a very large audience already, 
um, and you're introducing a membership and you want that membership to be of the same like quality level as the rest of your offer suite, you mm -hmm. may need to think about a custom website out of the gate, but that's like the only instance. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then as far as transitioning into a custom website later, so if, and these are all for people with established memberships. Um, if your current website is super buggy or unreliable, like <laughs> if it's held together by duct tape and a prayer, then you might need to <laughs> think about a custom website at some point. Like right. if you're constantly living in fear that uh, somebody's going to sneeze two states away and it's all going to crash. Well, the last that's thing you not want a good to place to be. <laughs> the last thing you want to happen when someone joins your membership is for it not to work because yeah. that initial experience that they have is going to dictate whether they come back or not. Mm -hmm. And we know that making our membership a priority is our number one goal as membership founders. And so one of the ways to make that a priority for our members is to make the access easy. And if custom websites make the access easier for your members, or if plug and play websites make the access easier for your members. Either way, that's the way you want to make sure you lean. But I I really don't recommend, I'm going to say this, just kind of get it out there. I don't recommend taping together and duct taping and, you know, putting paper <laughs> into a website that you're making yourself. I would say go one of these two ways, either hire Megan for custom or do the already built for you plug and play type of style, like a Mighty Networks, a Kajabi, a Heartbeat, something like that. Would you agree, Megan? <laughs> um, I think there's like a middle ground there. <clears throat> Some people do um, when they're DIYing or bootstrapping in the beginning, they start with like a WordPress and add plugins and stuff. Um, there are I definitely pros and cons <laughs> to that method. <laughs> And eventually you're going to need to hire somebody like mm -hmm. me or another developer to help you get it to the place where you want it to be. If you start there. Yeah. I have beef with the plugins. Cause I think I told you about a client of mine who before she ever made a dollar, she spent $30,000 on a membership between the website yeah. development and a lawyer. And she didn't even get a custom website. All she had was plugins and her plugins actually really limited her to less features than she would have had on, let's say like a Mighty Networks. Mm -hmm. She didn't have as much of a community feature. There was no there was no app whatsoever. And this was designed for moms. And we know from our research that moms spend way more time on their phones than business people even do. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, they are less likely to go to a computer and sit down and, you know, interact in that way. Mm -hmm. They need an app. And so Unfortunately, this woman had gotten sold by some kind of quote unquote developer that didn't even develop her a custom website. It was just this app that moms would have to log into from their phone and it didn't work super well on mobile. And it just was like a big, like, not good. Yeah. In, <laughs> so, in the development space, there are quite a few bad actors Oh. We'll just try to sell you on whatever, like the biggest package that they can, whether you actually need that or not. That is such, know that's like a huge pet peeve of mine. Mm -hmm. mm. Absolutely. Yeah. So as far as who's a good fit for a membership website. Okay. Yes. Yes. I had started on that and then we went down the rabbit hole of plugins and all that. So well, we'll go down the rabbit holes, okay. that's me. <laughs> oh. 
Okay, so we have the person with the buggy website who needs some help. Yes. Then we have um, somebody who, like, they've proved their membership's viability. They're getting to the point where there's almost more demand than they can keep up with in their current system. And they need a custom website in order to keep scaling their business in an efficient way. And then the next one would be businesses who have outgrown the capabilities of their current platform or the website that they're on. So these are like the dreamers who have all these great ideas for features and functionality and they're trying to make their platform work and it just doesn't work and they're getting so frustrated. And so they need somebody to help them make those dreams a reality. Yeah, because like I was saying, plugins and um, like plug and play type sites, they have their limitations. Mm -hmm. And there could be something that you want done that really is only possible through a website. Now, I do have a question for you. And this has no bearing on, you know, your skill level or any (laughs) that, but what if someone, one of your clients wanted not only a site, but also an app, do you do that? Or do you kind of steer them away from that? Do you, um, kind of put that off, refer it to someone else? What's your, well, I am not an app developer personally, so I would refer that out if they did need one, but a lot of that, um, functionality where it's easily accessible and usable on mobile can be done through a website that is properly developed and designed responsively so that, you know, it's everything works the way that it should ideally for mobile devices. So there's a lot of different considerations for somebody using a site on mobile versus somebody using one on desktop. Like you need elements to be different sizes. They need to be in different places functionality needs to be a little bit different for mobile since you only have touch and the little keyboard so um if you have a website that takes all that into consideration and make it in like progressive web app style is what it's called mm-hmm. um, and you add you can tell your members to add a shortcut to like the dashboard of your membership area mm-hmm. yeah that can work in a lot of instances but when you actually need a native app then mm-hmm. I would refer that out. You do refer it out. How yep. many clients um, have have needed an app or how many have kind of been able to go on with just the site? None of mine have needed an app, actually. Interesting. So, yes. and you would say, I know we talked about this before, but you would say that most of your clients are like B2B or are they like more B2C? They are B2B, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that that is totally a reflection of B2B. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, good to know. Cause I think, you know, everyone thinks they need an app. Everyone wants to start an app first of all. And I'm yeah. just like, who knows? <laughs> do you have any idea how much work and how much money that is going to be? Yeah. And also, you know, the app store taking their 30% cut of anything you make oh, in the app. My yeah. gosh. Yeah, that's yeah. a huge consideration. <laughs> That's a whole other thing. Um, mm-hmm. So it's interesting. My husband and I are members of something called Harvest Host. Have you ever heard of this? Yeah, you were telling me about it on our coffee chat. Oh, yeah. So Harvest Host is something that we really love being a member of. And you just pay a, a yearly membership fee. And you actually sign up on their website. And then you log in on the app. So they're not giving the app store any money. Um, mm-hmm. Because they're just uh, re 
charging your card every year for the yearly membership. Mm -hmm. Um, However, I have been telling my husband, I'm like, I wish there was something like Harvest Host, but more for like van lifers in the city where it's more like, okay, this parking lot is designated for van lifers and maybe there's a fee, you know, like a nightly fee or, and, and the host can determine what that fee is. And obviously there's like legalities in, in every city and, you know, you have to Mm -hmm. do squatters and things like that (laughs) oh gosh (laughs) Um, agreement and membership to an application like this I feel could actually prevent a lot of these issues with like homelessness and you know van dwellers that are not travelers um because they wouldn't partake in something like this you know they're just looking for free stuff for the most part um Mm -hmm. this would differentiate the two because right now you've got a lot of these people who are trying to find are they're trying to travel and enjoy life and they're being grouped in with like homeless and you know oh gosh yeah known to be troublemakers I guess yeah and, two different crowds for sure yeah they're different crowds and so um I was telling my husband how cool would it be to create an app like that like same concept but slightly different and you know we're like oh gosh but then you have to get into all the all the nitty gritty mm-hmm. of the app development. And I've had a couple of clients who um, have been startups with apps and yeah, it is, it's a long road. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a thing all on its own there. <laughs> it really is. So um, would you say that what, what types of capabilities inside of these custom sites that you've built have been your favorite? Like what types of tools that you've been able to create for your clients and stuff? Ooh, um, oh, let me think. Okay. I love anything that improves the user experience, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, one really fun thing that comes to mind just right away is in a membership that was associated with a um, planner. So they log in monthly and they have these like tasks, a task list where they check off tasks and certain tasks would be linked to their like email marketing software. And so they complete a task and get an email with like a reward or like a, a download or something like that. It was really yeah. fun. Like a little, oh, a certificate for. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, here's a little uh, present for you for completing this task. That's kind of cute. Uh-huh. Um, and what would you say is the most challenging feature that you've ever created for a site? Oh, let me think about that. Hmm. I didn't prep her if you guys <laughs> yeah obviously <laughs> I'm just uh, up with this off off the cuff with this question I'll let you think about it yeah yeah let's do that <laughs> um, so next question is um as far as the return on the investment mm-hmm. you say is kind of the tipping point like how do you make sure that you're making the good investment with the custom website versus the the pre-built? Um, well, of course you have to think about the initial investment in development for the custom website, which is a big chunk right up front. Um, you also have to factor in like the maintenance cost of a custom site because that's not, you don't just build it and then it's good forever. <laughs> like you, you gotta maintain it like any other custom website. So would you um, say that all of your clients pretty much are 
not only do they pay you for the initial build, but they pay you to maintain it every month. Um, they don't necessarily pay me to maintain it, okay. but they'll have somebody either on their team or a contractor that they pay to do some maintenance on it. It doesn't necessarily have to be every month. It just depends on the site in question, but at some interval regularly. Um, so if you think obviously that you're going to make more than the cost of that initial website build. And then considering the maintenance too, and any, you know, updates or new features and stuff that you want to add. Mm -hmm. uh, that's when you, that's you when you'll a, a good return on investment. I think. <laughs> oh, one thing that you've told me is that many times you just don't know whether you're ready or not for a custom membership site. So what do you think those steps or those questions to ask yourself are? Or is it just have a consult and let the let the professionals figure it out? <laughs> that is a good idea um, to have a consult with somebody who, you know, knows more about the development side, I guess. Um, or if you check any of those boxes that we talked about earlier about who's a good fit. Mm -hmm. um, Sometimes you just need to trust your intuition. Like you'll just have the feeling that something is not right, that something is not working specific to the tech side of your membership. And if it doesn't feel aligned with your mm -hmm. your company. Yeah. Yes. So sure. a lot of my clients come to me feeling really like frustrated and restricted and like <laughs> restless about their sites and the, what they can do with them. Like they want more. Yeah, I think the restricted and restlessness is probably the best way to know if you're ready. And I think, so how many, what would you say the percentages of people who start off the bat with you and people who convert from a pre-built? Um, I would say the vast majority convert okay. from either a DIY site that they've done themselves or a like less complex site that they had a designer and another another team build at some point in the past. Um, Have any of them switched over from like let's say Kajabi? Mm, I haven't done a ton that switch over from those kind of platforms. Mm -hmm. Usually, it's people who have they've maybe they've done that at some point in the past, like switch to a semi-custom site, and the then yeah, then they want to do more. So the evolution has kind of been, you know, a pre-built site like a like a Kajabi or a Heartbeat or um, then to a um, WordPress plugin, then to someone like you is kind of what you've seen. Kind of, yeah. Mm -hmm. Usually there's that intermediate stage there. Yeah. And they figure out, oh, this plugin is giving me the same problems that I have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or a whole different set of problems that they didn't even anticipate. Right. <laughs> double trouble because you're not in control and there's still problems. Yep. So as far as, you know, the things that business owners are experiencing a lot of when they're coming to you, mm -hmm. um, you've kind of told me that, you know, they're wanting to scale, they're wanting to get out of the box. What types of people are really, are really coming to you and what are the solutions that you're able to provide for them? 
Uh... Okay. So I was like, oh, there's like some pain points, some headaches. <laughs> Sorry. I, I'm not asking it super clearly though. I'm, I just wanted to be like, it's the next bullet point. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> okay. Okay. One, two, three, go. So um, as far as some other trends that you've seen among business owners, what have those looked like when they're, you know, shifting toward a custom website? Okay. I have seen, so these business owners experience a lot of success initially in like the initial growing and the beginning of scaling their business with their out of the box platform or their semi-custom site. But along the way, they kind of get used to the bugs and the headaches that come along with trying to do more with their basic platform or their basic site than it was originally intended to do. Right. That definitely happened to us when we, so a lot of these platforms didn't exist. And so we actually, when we first started our membership, we were looking for a custom, it was an app builder that we were looking for because Mm -hmm. our specific audience it was probably about like 60, 40, like 60% on the app, 40% on the computer. But, right. you know, if we had to choose, we were going to go for the app because it was just right. a little more versatile. Now, looking back, that probably wouldn't have been the smarter choice. And I'm glad I didn't do it. <laughs> oh, <Uh-oh. laughs> I, I heard it in there. You're like, okay. <laughs> At, looking back, it, it wouldn't have been the smarter choice to do just an app because then we wouldn't have had a site to, you know, to match it up with. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, we were looking for a solution because at the time Kajabi was just not cutting it. There was no community on Kajabi. Kajabi really was strictly for the education. And honestly, we didn't even need it for that because we could just post those videos on Facebook. Now, Mm -hmm. both Facebook and Kajabi were presenting us with an issue and we needed a solution. And at the time there really were no membership platforms out there yet. Mm -hmm. Um, At least not like very super publicly. A lot of them were in beta. Um, you know, and a lot of what we see now is available now, but it wasn't yes. available in 2018. So yeah, I remember those days because I built a custom membership site with forums and chat and all of that because those kind of things didn't exist back then. Right. And even just, yeah, the chat features, the notifications, the, mm-hmm. um, you know, all of these other features that actually bring it to life they just weren't available inside Kajabi. And the other thing too, and I think we talked about this um, in our one-on-one, but there's a lot of these sites that are just really masculine energy. And Mm -hmm. let's be honest, most people that join memberships are women. And so the user experience does need to be catered to a woman and it needs to be aesthetic and it needs to flow well, you know, Um, it can't be clunky. And that's kind of what we were getting with Kajabi was this masculine mm-hmm. clunky thing that was said to be the best of the best and it just wasn't oh man mm-hmm. yes so just lots of headaches on their end is something that sends them your way not feeling like they fit into the mold of mm-hmm. that yeah stuff. so once people get used to having these headaches and that there's just like, <laughs> they feel like it's ingrained in their business. It doesn't always occur to them that there is a solution out there potentially for them. Well, yeah, uh, I think a lot of people just think, well, this is what's available. And this yeah. Is what like that, this is just what I have to deal with. It's just part yeah. of it. And that's not necessarily true. 
Right. Sometimes investing in a more custom site can alleviate a lot of that hassle and give you back some of the resources that maybe you have tied up in, you know, extensive website maintenance for the buggy website owner um, or extra customer support. Or, staffing because yes, of uh -huh. service issues. Yeah. Or if you're using like a hundred different external tools and platforms and trying to link them all together with Zapier. Yes. Um, you can you could probably eliminate a lot of that as well right exactly so all in all it seems like you know if you're having these negative feelings if this is if these bugs are really complicating your membership and and making doing membership so much harder it may actually be time to talk with Megan about looking at you know getting a consult looking at taking a hard look at your website and seeing okay does this actually support what I'm trying to do, or is my current setup hindering me right. from where I'm trying to go? Mm -hmm. And it's all about what works best mm -hmm. for you as the business owner and for your members. Like anything yes. outside of that doesn't matter. Yeah, that user experience is part of the prioritization. And if they can't figure it out, they're not going to prioritize your membership at the end of the day. Right. Mm -hmm. And if they can't prioritize it, they can't have the transformation. And if you're not able to facilitate transformations, then at the end of the day, you really don't have a membership. Right. You're 100% correct. So that's just how it goes. But um, <laughs> yeah, anything else you want to add about custom sites? Um, kind of, you know, oh, we have to go back to that question. What is your... What was the question? <laughs> I forgot. Oh man, um, like the the most oh, challenging. Oh yeah, your most challenging feature you've ever created. Um, let me think. It was probably way back in the day because a lot of features that should be more challenging now, I've had so much development experience that they are <laughs> a little easier now than they used to be. <laughs> um, so. On one of the very first membership sites I developed, it had a, a whole ton of features. And one of those was they needed tagging and notifications mm. for the members. Um, and that was not necessarily easy to do on the, the platform that we were using. Right. So that was, that was a challenging one, I'd say. Yeah. So, so, but now I'm sure you're a pro at the tag. Oh yeah. And there are more tools and it, yeah, everything just gets easier with time and development. I feel. <laughs> right. And as we know, the notifications are highly important because yes. again, we've got to make sure they can make it a priority and mm -hmm. part of prioritization is making sure that they see it. Yep. So, stay yeah. top of mind. I've got to stay top of mind. We were just talking about this actually. Um, I just got off a call with um, my membership gals and oh. I have a back end membership now that is supportive of my alumni. So yeah. all of these gals have graduated my program. They all own memberships. And we've been talking about this conversation that has been going around where launches are just different now. And the launch runway mm -hmm. specifically needs to be longer than it had been. And, um, you know, how do we find this balance between burnout? Um, uh, on our end and getting in front of them enough on on the customer end for them to mm -hmm. make the decision because if you guys were not aware I mean I've told I've said this a million times so it's probably like beating a dead horse but people <laughs> need to see things an average of 20 times in order to make a purchase decision 
And we can go back to that, not just being about purchases, that needs to be about everything because Mm -hmm. yeah, we might see a notification once, but like, as we know, if we see a text message and we open the text message and don't reply, how likely is it that we're ever going to go back to that without another? <laughs> Pretty unlikely, I can tell you from experience. <laughs> unlikely, right? We can all relate to that. And it's like, oh, crap, I, I read it to get rid of the notification uh, because the notification stressed me out. And then I forgot to reply to you. And so, you know, that that is a thing. I, I'm still waiting for the developers at iPhone to come out with scheduled text messages because, oh, you know, yeah. I have this long time wish that I could text people in the middle of the night and they wouldn't get it until the morning kind of thing. I mean, the do not I'm sure there's an app for that somewhere. I mean, that sounds like something that would be an app for <laughs> there's apps, but there's not like, why can't we mark messages as unread and why yes. can't we schedule to send them later? Hmm. Like, Can we not mark text as unread? You know, there was How a development recently they came out with a feature that I liked, but I don't think it was as unread. No, I'm not. Huh. Man, I guess I'm just so used to my uh, emails and Asana and everything. I'd be like, oh, I can just mark that text as unread. <laughs> you can mark the conversation unread now. I just looked at it. So if you oh. swipe on the conversation from the conversation page, you can't do it as an individual text message. But gotcha. if you go from the conversation page and you swipe toward the left, you can mark it as unread now. I think that's what I was thinking of versus the individual. I had heard about it, but I haven't tried it. So, okay. Well, Nick's what I just said. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, that's a development that has been really helpful. And because we really do rely on those notifications. And, Mm -hmm. you know, as a part of your membership, your members rely on those notifications. And as we know, you know, with programs like Facebook, those notifications fall on deaf ears because they're in a sea of other notifications, right? Mm-hmm. And we don't want people to just happen upon your membership. We want them to be intentional about going there and spending time there and learning and having a transformation. And I do think that out of all the ways you can build a membership, that a custom site will promote that more than anything because that's the culture around a custom site. You know, it's not mm-hmm. an app necessarily. Um, it's not a third-party app. It's not a private app. It's not even an app that's got a thousand other apps on it like Facebook. <laughs> it is something that you've created all your own, you own, and you can help control the culture around it, how people spend time there. And that's going to be hard. Have you ever heard any feedback from your audience on how they're getting people on there because it's not something they're used to doing? Yeah, that is the big, like, a big consideration you have to have some kind of strategy you have to give them a reason why like why well, what's in it for them to go right. to your membership site and they so know it's really compelling yeah they know the transformations in it for them but on the daily basis what's in it for them mm-hmm. what why would they spend their time there and not on tiktok right you know, so we have to give them those reasons. And I think a lot of that goes into the development and a lot of that consideration goes into, you know, how we want to design the site and make it user-friendly. And that is a leg up that Megan has is she can help you figure out how to best reach that goal. (laughs) Ideally. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, give yourself a little bit more credit there, sister. (laughs) 
Megan is so stinking smart. Like I was telling her earlier, I was like, I don't even know why you follow me because I mean, I know we were both in the membership industry, but I'm just like, I feel like I'm so far beyond you, but, or but vice versa. You're so far beyond me. Oh no. <laughs> you no, have no. All these big, huge clients that you're working with, but I want to tell you guys, it's not just these big, huge kahunas that need these types of sites. Mm -hmm. Um, like I mentioned there, there was a point where I had outgrown the system that we were working with and we were looking for a developer. Um, thankfully, you know, there was a solution that was created right around that time that we did utilize. But if you don't feel like you fit into those boxes, it's worth having a consultation with Megan about it and talking yeah. it out and having her take a look at your site and saying, you know, yes, you're ready or no, you're not, or, you know, maybe mm -hmm. in a year down the road or, you know, whatever it is, making yes. sure that that is actually a good fit for you. So, or maybe they don't need a full custom site built from the ground up. They just need a little enhancement here and there to make right. things better for their members. Because you do those VIP days. That's right. Yep. You, mm -hmm. you can come in and sprinkle your fairy dust with your magic wand. Exactly. I am the web development fairy godmother. That's right. That is right. <laughs> um, so you can come in with your wand and you can say bippity boppity boo and it will be you know, what, the, what they need, you know, if, mm -hmm. if it's just a couple little tweaks, it's absolutely something that you can have kind of a hybrid model of. So, yep. yeah. Well, thanks so much for hanging out with us, Megan. Is there any last tips that you want to leave the audience with? Um, I guess my, my most, like my best general tip <laughs> for the membership is always be thinking about your member experience. Yes. Love that. And how connect with you where's the best place to find you well as far as social media goes i'm mostly on instagram i'm at mn garwood mm -hmm. and you can find me on my website at megangarwood.com awesome and, yeah i and do have an have email newsletter where i give a lot of like tips and education and that kind of thing um, which you can find at the like link in my bio on my instagram Yes, that's what I was going to say is uh, we'll make sure to link that in the show notes for you guys. Uh, Megan's fairy godmother newsletter is the best. <laughs> and I, I always see her teasing it and I'm like, I need to be on that newsletter. So yeah, girl. <laughs> join her newsletter. she's got so many tips and they don't just apply to people with the custom sites. Um, she's really, you know, paving the way for people to be serious about membership. I think, you know, her and I have had a lot of these conversations via DMs where it's like, oh, thank God someone's telling the truth because right. there's a lot of people out there that have stumbled into the membership world who a have no experience as membership leaders themselves which is very dangerous um but b will kind of try to sell you on this no pun intended but like fairy tale <laughs> mm -hmm. they're selling the dream without talking about talking about the work that actually right. goes into the, getting to that point and if you guys are membership founders yourselves you know you've put in the work and it is it is definitely work now the dream is absolutely attainable and it's it's mm -hmm. exponential. So you can get to these income goals sometimes a lot faster than you could if you were doing one-on-one, -on -one. but at the same time, it is absolutely work. And that's why we call it exponential income and not passive income, because yeah. about this is truly passive. Like you are doing the work, you're just do you're getting paid exponentially for the work that you do. Yes. Yes. So make sure you connect with Megan on Instagram and um, thanks again, Megan, for joining us. So we'll talk to you guys later.
Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.